Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? will run forever! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another electric edition of WrestleRant Radio right here on EC Radio. I am your host with the most Bleacher Report featured columnist, Graham GSM Matthews, with a lot to talk about this week. We had Monday Night Raw, the release of Justin Roberts, and much, much more. We also have a very special guest on the line we will get to in just a second. But in the meantime, we've got RJ sitting right alongside me. How's it going tonight, RJ? Doing good, Graham. Sounds good. And I'm sitting here wearing my Chris Jericho shirt right now, whose new autobiography comes out today. Really looking forward to picking that up tomorrow. But like I said, lot to discuss here today. But we're kicking off the show with a very exclusive interview, our first interview of the semester here on WrestleRant Radio, exclusively on EC Radio. We've got the one-man thrill ride, Jimmy Preston. How's it going tonight, Jimmy? Going on, fellas. Thanks for having me. Absolutely no problem. We were big fans, and we really wanted to sit down and talk with you for an exclusive interview. You're going to be at Northeast Wrestling this Saturday, taking on ROH's own, Ring of Honor's own, Cedric Alexander, Northeast Wrestling, October the 18th in Waterbury, Connecticut. Should be a great match, great event. Been a big fan of Northeast Wrestling for a couple of years now. So if you're in the area, definitely go check it out. But in the meantime, I want to kick it off with a quick question for you to kick off the interview. What's your background in the professional wrestling realm? And for anyone that's not familiar with you, and I can't believe anyone that can't be familiar with you, you're all over YouTube, you're all over Twitter, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, just give us a little background on how you got into wrestling. What was your inspiration to becoming a professional wrestler? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big, that's a long answer. Let me try to shorten it up. Just grew up uh, a huge fan of professional wrestling, the art form, the business, all that. Probably a fan since I was eight or nine years old. Uh, started going to independent shows later in high school, basically got recruited by a guy named Joe Eugenio, Eugenio who uh, ran a place called Yankee Pro Wrestling at the time, became Top Pro Promotions. I uh, did that for a while, did it for about a year and a half, then uh, I went to play college baseball uh, for a year, or for four years. My, ba- my baseball coach basically made me decide between, you know, you, you got to be committed to being a college baseball player, you got to you know, be committed to be a pro wrestler, pick one or the other. I chose baseball, so you're going to come back to wrestling. Once I did that, um, you know, I came back. So that's pretty much how I got into it. Then I was trained by Spike Dudley, who was primarily my trainer. Uh, once I came back out of college, you know, I spent some time training with him. And you were so no- I worked for Top Row Promotions, Northeast uh, Wrestling, all around the Northeast, Chaotic, etc. Yeah, all around the Northeast area. I've seen you at Northeast Wrestling, New England Championship Wrestling, a lot of these promotions up here in the Northeast. But you are no ordinary indie wrestler. You are a lot different than a lot of the indie wrestlers out there because you have developed your own character, the one-man thrill ride, Jimmy Preston. So give me a little insight in here on how you got the inspiration behind the character. How did that really come about? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say it's, it's completely a character. I mean, I think part of it's inside of me. Uh... Uh, that almost sounded sexual. No, that wasn't intended. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I, it's kind of who I am. You know, it's, 
almost feel like it's a cliche when Russell say this, but it's me with the volume turned all the way up. Mm-hmm. Very intense guy. Um, you know, some guys say it's an '80s promo. You know, I kind of think it's a you know backhanded compliment. Uh, it's really I try to be unique and come up with you know catchphrases or you know one-liners or really insult other wrestlers and you know in an original and unique type of way. And I just launched a YouTube channel. Um, by the recommendation of a guy named Mike Bennett, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ring of Honor, and actually my college baseball coach recommended I do it. And sure enough, the first video I launched ended up being viral, half a million views, me doing a, a video before my college baseball alumni game. That's kind of what got the ball rolling, and I've had some success there with the YouTube channel. Hold the chi, right? Hold the chi? Oh, uh, yeah. That's what, uh, all the drunk guys at Gillette Stadium when I was at the Patriots were screaming <laughs> at me. It's fantastic. Classic video, and we'll get to that in just a second, but I do want to talk about your YouTube following in general here. Um, you just basically answered my next question, how you got the inspiration behind the YouTube channel itself, but how has it really grown in the last year alone? Because I just saw that you recently posted your, your most recent video about the year two on the YouTube channel. How do you think, how, how are you looking to change it up from the last year on your, uh, on, on your place on YouTube? How are you looking to evolve the YouTube channel going forward? That's uh, actually a really good question. I I kind of got burned out of doing the same old, you know, pro wrestling style promo, you know, within my car by myself. I mean, there's only so many times you can do that before it kind of gets played out. I mean, I think people still really enjoy them, uh, but it's just there's only so much you can do, and I'm kind of looking for the next bigger and, and better thing. I'd like to improve the production value. I've had talks with some studios about doing like a, a Wayne's World style uh, studio show with me and another wrestler where we can kind of talk about pop culture topics and kind of, you know, branch away from wrestling while keeping my wrestling promos, you know, with Chaotic's YouTube channel and with Northeast's YouTube channel. So kind of make my YouTube channel more of like a mainstream pop culture type of thing, branch out, kind of expand the audience while my wrestling promos would go on those channels. That's how I envision it going forward. Um, Hopefully, you know, we can continue to grow it. Um, It's been pretty successful in terms of like comparing the number of subscribers to my channel versus, say, a number of subscribers towards, like, an independent wrestling promotion. I think Beyond Wrestling is the only promotion around here that has a YouTube presence that has more subscribers than me. So I think I've done a pretty good job, but am I Jenna Marbles? Far from. It's a long way to go, but... <laughs> that might be a um, good thing, too. That might be a good thing. Uh, she's pretty talented. I think she's pretty funny, and she's got a huge following, and she makes a pretty good living doing it, so she knows what she's doing. That's true, and this is only the, this is only the last year or two. I mean, you've, you still have a lot far to, to go. I mean, you've you've definitely amounted a lot of success in the last year alone. So who knows where you can go from here? Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely surpassed my goals for year one, but hopefully year two we can get the thing uh, to explode. So you mentioned the baseball video before, and that was the first video that I saw of yours about a year or so ago. Someone saw, someone showed it to me who was not a wrestling fan, and the only reason why they showed it to me because not only was it very funny, but because they found out your background of being a professional wrestler, and that's how I became a fan of you on the independents and seeing you in Northeast Wrestling, New England Championship Wrestling, and whatever else. But my question for you is, do you think that video, because it wasn't really wrestling-related at all. It was all baseball before the uh, college game or whatever it was. Um, I, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that video kind of helped branch your fan base a little bit and that this guy's really funny, maybe I can check out more of his work on the wrestling world? Absolutely. I think that's that's what actually ended up happening. Really, it was just a video to my friends to make them laugh, you know what I mean? They all knew I was a huge wrestling fan. I had recently, you know, got back into it. So um, 
you know, do a wrestling style promo, kind of making fun of how the alumni comes back to these alumni baseball games after they've graduated and they're reliving their glory days and they're all fired up for the game. And when, you know, I played college baseball, we almost thought it was a joke when the alumni would come in and kind of be like, look how seriously these guys are taking it. Like, this is our off day. I just don't want to pull a hamstring type of deal. And then these guys come in and they're, you know, Charlie Hustle, you know, Johnny Rockets sprinted down the line. It's almost a comedy. So I thought if I could, like, play off that in, like, kind of a satirical fashion while, you know, being in my, you know, turning up the volume and drinking, like, three cups of coffee and just flying off the handle, I thought it would be funny. And next thing you know, it, you know, definitely uh, hit on YouTube, and I got a lot of exposure through that. And then people, I think, started coming to wrestling shows, you know, following my, my promos and whatnot. And Boston Barstool Sports, which is, like, the biggest blog in all of Boston, has been a big reason why, and Bill Burr has helped me, and WEEI, some radio stations. So I've definitely been fortunate to get exposure, get more eyes on me. But uh, they don't think I suck, or they wouldn't have posted my videos. So I, I think it is an accomplishment to get on those sites. Oh, absolutely. And in that last year, too, and I know you just recently said that uh, you, you had uh, that rut where you couldn't really come up with more any creative material for your YouTube channel. You kind of took a break for a little bit, but now you're back. But in that last year, how did you continue to come up with new material? Was it really based around your upcoming match and promoting that? Or was it something like the Ice Bucket Challenge, which you did a couple months ago, and that was kind of revolving around uh, a, you know, a trend in today's society? How did you continue to come up with new material on a regular basis, the editing process? like How long did that kind of stuff take? Uh, that's really what holds up my videos from being every day. I have people say, why don't you come up with a new video every day? And it's not that I necessarily have a, a brain fart or there's nothing to talk about, because Jay Thrill, the one man's real ride, to come up with an idea, I could talk about Ebola and try to make it funny. <laughs> I could talk yeah. about breast cancer awareness and talk about how I've been aware of breasts my whole life. <laughs> you know, I could come up with things you know, pretty consistently if I kept it relevant. The problem is, you know, I write them, I edit them, I produce them, I gotta market them, it's, and I have a full-time gig, you know what I mean, I'm, you know, I have a pretty serious job as a, in a corporate environment, I, I don't have this time on my hands between that, holding down a full wrestling schedule, and working out, you know, two hours a day, seven days a week, it doesn't, it's not easy to come up and edit and produce and, and do all that work, um, so that's been the biggest challenge of trying to maintain the YouTube channel, it's not even so much coming up with creative material, because a lot of it's not even scripted. It's just me. You know, I, I get fired up, but I, usually before the gym, I have a pre-workout. Um, that's when the creative juices get flowing. And you're not the only independent wrestler to not only have that large YouTube following. That's what kind of separates you from a lot of the other independent wrestlers in today's day and age. But also the merchandise, which you have sold as well. And I saw on your Facebook page a couple of days ago that someone wore your merchandise, the full getup, to a recent SmackDown show. I believe it was last week. So kind of take us through that a little bit, too. What kind of inspired you to start up the merchandise stand? And how well has that been doing over the last you know few months or year or so since you started doing it? Uh, the merchandise has done very, very well. Um you know, better online than at live shows in Connecticut, like down in Northeast, maybe if I'm, you know, working heel. Um, but at Chaotic, it sells very well at shows, and online, it sells very well. And, you know, I was getting to the point where I thought, you know, if I could build it and continue to grow it, I could almost <laughs> make a living off it. Um, but it has slowed down a little bit. It's still great extra money, and it, and it, makes, me, it makes it worth you know, me investing all this time, energy, uh, and effort in producing these videos because I have been, you know, making some money. And if I want to take a, a Tinderella to a nice restaurant, I can pay with my 
merch money. So that's um, that's something I I look forward to continuing. And uh, it's been pretty good. I don't want to put like a dollar amount on what I'm making. No, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, but, no, but, but uh, it's been it's been worth it. So on the back of some of your merchandise too, you have your signature catchphrase "See you, Dink," which you did use in that baseball video about a year ago. How did that come about? Was that something that you just said randomly and it kind of caught on? What happened with that? What was the motivation with that? Uh, See you, Dink was my one of my good friends from college. A kid by the name of Brian Lawler was a relief pitcher for us. He was a kid from the city, from uh, Medford, Mass, like you know, five minutes outside of Boston. And um, basically, I guess he stole it from his high school. Uh, I think it was his history teacher who became a cop, and every time he bounced someone out of class and uh, sent him for attention, he said, "You know, he said, see it, dink. Like, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out,' type of thing." Yeah. So um, he said that he'd always, you know, if we'd have an argument about who's a better quarterback, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, he'd end the argument with "see it, dink." And I said to him, "Man, if that ain't a pro wrestling sign off, I don't know what it is." <laughs> so. And then it just got to call on from there. Yeah, the viral video. I, you know, I executed the game plan. I said, man, I'll close it with see you, Dink. And everybody seemed to like it, so. Exactly, and it caught on from there, and now it's on your merchandise, and now it's one of the signature catchphrases of your persona, and that's what kind of makes it in, in pro wrestling, the signature catchphrases. Just look at the Rockburn example. But um, absolutely, and another question I had for you. Was that the last time I saw you live at the New England Championship Wrestling Show up here in Beverly, Massachusetts? I think it was the Iron 8 tournament in May. Um, you worked as a babyface on that show, and I asked you when I saw you in person whether you asked working babyface or heel, and obviously with the whole YouTube following. And I saw you, I think, a couple weeks later. I, that wasn't the last show I saw you because I saw you another show in Northeast Wrestling here at, at Connecticut, and uh, I think it was Waterbury or something. Um, but you cut a massive, one, and one of the best heel promos I've ever heard live, no doubt. And um, you work a lot better as a heel, but you also tend to work babyface from time to time because a lot of people love your character so much. So i got to ask you, what do you enjoy working as more, as a babyface or as a heel? Uh, another good question. I think that's a complicated answer. I enjoy the character of being a heel. I enjoy making people dislike me. Because there's an element of it that's real. If you listen to like an underlying theme of the characters, I don't like the way pro wrestling's going. I, I don't like uh, <laughs> that certain guys are popular and certain guys aren't. And, you know, when I grew up and I was a huge fan of it, um, you know, I thought the business was a little bit better back then. Uh, maybe not the business so so much, but, um, you know, the, the product. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just different flavors of ice cream, and I know a lot of people like today's product better, and... You know, I've, I want to work there, so I'm not bashing, you know, management or anything. It's just when you grow up on something, you know, you have a certain idea of how it's supposed to be. So there's an element of that that's kind of angry with the fans, almost blaming them for, you know, choosing certain guys to cheer for and booing certain guys. So I enjoy that element of being a heel and kind of, you know, sticking it to the fans. But I really enjoyed my in-ring work as a babyface. I don't want to say I've figured it out, but I've certainly improved over the last six months. Um you're in the ring, and that's really being with chaotic wrestling. And got some training with uh, at New England Wrestling, uh, New England Wrestling Academy. Uh, Brian Fury runs that school up there. He does a great job, and um, just got to work with a lot of really good wrestlers. You know, from Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Matt Cave, and you know, I've worked with so many guys that have kind of made me better. So, uh, and when the crowd gets behind you, it's it's so much better. It's a so much better. It's a much better feeling. Uh, than people booing you, even though that's the reaction you want as a villain. Um, when the audience is behind you, it's a pretty awesome feeling. 
Yeah, makes complete sense. And then when you want, you mentioned before that you want to ultimately end up in the WWE or a major wrestling organization. Um, that's what my next question for you was. What are your career goals going forward, your career aspirations? Is it the WWE that you want to end up at, or do you have any other short-term goals you want to look to accomplish in the near future? What are you looking to accomplish going forward? Um, I'm a little disappointed. I can't. There's a Ring of Honor camp coming up next week, but I have a couple shows, so I, I can't make it. That'd be that'd be something I'd really like to do. Um, you know, basically, people view me as kind of a character type of wrestler, and they can't view me uh, being successful in that sort of Ring of Honor, Honor style. And I definitely think I'm athletic enough to hang and, and you know really succeed and, and thrive in that type of environment. And I'd love that opportunity to prove that. Um, but beyond that, really, I mean, unfortunately, the reality of the pro wrestling industry right now is the only two places I know of where you can make a living as a pro wrestler is the WWE and in Japan. So those are really the two final destinations and the two ultimate goals, um, you know, from what I've heard in terms of the money that, that, that's being paid out. So until that happens, I'm not quitting my day job. And, of course, in the meantime, you'll be facing Cedric Alexander this upcoming Saturday. Like we said before, Northeast Wrestling, Waterbury, Connecticut, October 18th. It's going to be a great match. One of those stars, fellow stars of the Ring of Honor business, like you just said before. And you'll also be contending for the NEW Championship, uh, the Northeast Wrestling Championship, at their November 1st show in Bethany, Connecticut, which should also be a great match against another fellow ROH star in Matt Taven. So um, what are your thoughts and mindsets going to those respective matches this upcoming Saturday night and a couple more weeks in November 1st? I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this weekend's match. I've been watching a lot of film on Cedric. I watched him uh, wrestle uh, Roger Strong at the pay per view. I've seen him watch uh, wrestle Michael Elgin. I watched his match with Adam Cole. You know, a lot of work on YouTube, and I realized pretty quickly after watching him, it's going to be a very fast-paced, explosive type of match. So, um, the reality of pro wrestling—you can say what you want about it. I've the last couple of weeks, I've really amped up my cardio, making sure that if this thing goes a long time, that if one of us is, is blown up, it isn't going to be me. So uh, I've been trying to get ready for that, you know, physically, cardiovascularly, make sure that I'm ready to go, because it will be a fast-paced match. And I think the same goes for Matt Taven on the first. Um, that's going to be the Destiny audience for Northeast Wrestling is a very, uh, it's a small environment, but it's always packed and it's always lively. And they're a special type of wrestling fan. And uh, that's going to be a special match because Matt Taven's their man. You know what I mean? He's going to be, he's going to get a real loud reaction. And they're going to hate me. And hopefully we can have a great match. And I walk out a champion. But um, that, and then I got uh, the Logan, Brian Logan, for Chaotic Wrestling and Law on the 24th. So I'm looking forward to it, man. So I got a lot of matches coming up to kind of prove myself. Like I said, it's, it's year two of the YouTube channel. It's, time to prove that I'm more than a personality and I can get it done in the ring too. Absolutely. A lot of great matches and events coming up in the very near future. But before we let you go, just have to ask one favor of you. I know you may not have it in you at the moment. If you can, it's completely understandable. But the guy that showed me initially your video about a year or so ago, your first baseball video, the first very video on your YouTube channel that made me a fan of you, that made this interview happen, was my older brother Austin, who is celebrating a 22nd birthday on this upcoming Thursday on October 16th. So if you can't cut a promo on him, that's completely okay. But uh, would you at least be able to wish him a happy birthday real quick? Are you going to sing happy birthday? Is that what you're saying? You want me to cut a promo on Austin? If you can cut a promo on him, that'd be great. 
Give me, give me a little ammo about him. What is he? Is he a big guy? Is he a short guy? Is he scrawny? Is he fairly? What, what does he do? What's the story? He's a big guy. He's a baseball fan. That's how we found your video in the first place. Oh, you know what you can use? He's a big Mets fan. Use that as your ammo. I don't know if I can work that in, but uh, I don't know where the arena is, but Austin, I am the slow ride Jimmy Preston, and I'm the man who's making Handsome officially happen right now on WrestleRant Radio. And as you get set for your birthday, shoving cake in your face like a fat, disgusting slob, I want you to understand one thing. When we step in the ring together and you look across the ring, you're going to realize that I'm a man who looks like a million bucks. Well, you look like the type of guy who goes swimming in a pool with your T-shirt on because you're a disgusting slob and you're rocking that skinny fat look. So get ready on October 18th in Madison Square Garden. I'm going to light you up and smoke you like the cheapest cigar in all of New York. I'll see you, dink. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Jimmy. I appreciate it very, very much. But before we let you go, um, absolutely plug your Twitter, YouTube channel, the email where people can book yet, find yet, Facebook, anything you want to relate to the people before we let you go. All right, guys. Thrill Ride CW. So that's on Twitter. So at Thrill Ride CW. CW stands for Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, YouTube.com slash One Man Thrill Ride. Uh, I think I'm on Instagram at One Man Thrill Ride, and it's the number one man thrill ride. And at Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash The Real Jimmy Preston. So you can see all my videos. I think I have about 70 videos, which is promos, matches, skits, uh, sketches, and things like that. So uh, you get a good idea of what I'm all about. And you tell me what you think. Fantastic, man. Thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. All right, fellas. Have a good night. You too. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Take care. Thanks once again to Jimmy Preston for coming on to WrestleRant Radio today. Very fun interview. Very great post-shoot interview of our promo. My brother Austin, great stuff from Jimmy. Uh, RJ, you've been a fan of his for some time <laughs> as well. I want to get your thoughts on that interview. How do, you, how do you think that went? I think it went good. You, you texted me. You tweeted me a couple months ago like, who is this Jimmy Preston guy? we got to go to a, see a show with yeah. him. I remember you tweeted me that. I'm like, I love this guy because I talked to him in May, and it's about time we finally got him on the show. That was my bad because we haven't been here on campus. Yeah. But I was so happy to finally get him on the show. Once again, big thanks to Jimmy for coming on the show. And like I said before, you can catch him at Northeast Wrestling this upcoming Saturday, October 18th. Bethany, or I'm sorry, Waterbury, Connecticut. He's facing Cedric Alexander, a star of Ring of, uh, of, Ring of Honor. It's going to be a great match. So check it out if you're in the area. So from there, we'll transition into a lot of news story in the world of wrestling, dude. It's crazy how, how much has happened in the last seven days alone, in the last 24 hours with Raw, the release of Justin Roberts, TNA Bound for Glory, the Royal Rumble plans, WrestleMania plans, everything is going on here down on WrestleRant Radio. But the biggest news story, which I really want to get your thoughts on, because we were kind of talking about it last week, The Rock versus Triple H is now heavily rumored for WrestleMania 31. Now, this comes after, I mean, we didn't talk about it at the time because it didn't happen until Friday. The confrontation between The Rock and Triple H on last week's episode of SmackDown heavily teasing towards a match at WrestleMania 31 or WrestleMania 32, whatever. They didn't specify 31, but they said a WrestleMania. So do you think this was just those two having some fun, or what do you think the deal was? Do you want to see... Actually, I'll ask you two questions. Do you think it'll happen, and do you want it to happen come WrestleMania 31, the great one, The Rock, versus the game Triple H? I I think that they obviously obviously teased it. They're not going to just say... like There's more of like a promo of them teasing each other eventually gonna fight so i feel like it'll happen at this wrestlemania or the next wrestlemania they won't like see it for some like 
SummerSlam or anything like that. And um, why not? Like, I feel like they could do, like, kind of like an end of it there or again, like, the last two greats of the Attitude Era pretty much with The Rock and uh, Triple H at WrestleMania. It'd just be another money match. right? That's a money match right there. It absolutely is. Anyone from that used to watch wrestling sees Triple H versus The Rock one more time. I don't. They don't think they've ever fought WrestleMania either. So it'd be the first time they ever wrestled at WrestleMania against each other, and um, it's a big money match, and it just adds to the card if it's pretty dead. So I feel like it could be a good match. In a singles match, I mean, they faced off in the Fatal Four Way. I think it was at WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, with in the uh, Big Show yep. Foley. But yeah, it wasn't one on one though. So no, they have yet to have a one on one match on the grandest stage of them all, and it could very well happen at WrestleMania 31. And it wasn't like one of those kind of things where like they. I, like, when I thought, when I heard The Rock was going to be on SmackDown, I'm thinking, okay, they'll just pass each other in the hallway as they pre-taped Monday on Raw. But this was like a solid two or three minute segment with like a lot of teases towards WrestleMania. I mean, it's very early at this point in time, but it's around this time of the year where they start to confirm their matches for WrestleMania next year. I mean, like you said before, it might be the only good match on next, week's card, uh, next year's card, but I mean, I beg to differ. Like, right now, there might be a lot of good stars being lined up for WrestleMania, we've got potentially The Rock coming in. Triple H is always going to be there. The Undertaker, if he, you know, I don't know if he's retired. We'll have to wait and see. John Cena. John Cena, Sting. Um, well, who's the other one? Kurt Angle, if he potentially comes back. We'll talk about that in a minute. Jericho. Jericho, Batista. Daniel Bryan. Oh, Daniel Bryan, we'll talk about it a little bit. But <laughs> Batista. Batista. There's a lot of stars that might be coming back for WrestleMania next year. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't think Stone Cold, if he was going to come back for one more match, I don't think it's going to be until WrestleMania 32 in Texas. Texas. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, but I think the star power, as is for WrestleMania 31, is going to be great. So here's Ho- open. I saw today they said Hogan wants to wrestle Cena. I did see that, yeah. They were talking about that about, yeah, last week in the whole string of news reports that came out. Like, all of them, like, pissed me off or, like, made me laugh. And that was <laughs> one of them. Because, I mean, we talked about this on the show before a couple months ago, and I'll talk about it briefly right now. I think Hulk Hogan, I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan, but I do not want to see him in one more match. Do you? I It all has to do to his physical ability. If he if it's like he can't wrestle, then there's no point of having him go out there. It'd kind of be like the Bret Hart versus Mr. McMahon match at 26. Like it's had two big names, but it's like the legit wrestling and concept and storytelling of the match is just like two guys that don't belong in the ring. And if Hogan can't do the big boot or drop the leg, then What's, What's the, the point? point? Exactly. I think the biggest difference between the McMahon and Hart match was that that was kind of... I mean, I know it was like a headlining match, but it was an attraction. You know what I yeah. mean? John Cena and Hulk Hogan's like the rock and John Cena. Like a lot of people expect that to main event the show or come close. John Cena, at this point in his career, should be facing people that he can have a good match with. Yeah. And I don't want people to compare this to Rock and Cena because Rock... Although he was a little ring... He had some ring rust on him come he's WrestleMania still the, He's still the rock, though, and he's a... And he's a way, lot, be- way younger and way better shape than... Than Hulk he's Hogan. He's probably better shape yeah. now than he was when he start, began wrestling. He's gigantic now. Exactly. And Hulk Hogan, the thing is with him, I mean, he's in a little better shape right now than he was when he was in TNA, when he was on crutches and hobbling around. I mean, he can walk a little better now, but if you can even hardly walk to the ring, then how is this guy going to have a main event match at WrestleMania? It can't happen. I know he's really heavily advocating for it. The only way, I mean, if we had to have Hulk Hogan on the show, and they probably will will put him on the show in some capacity, like they did at WrestleMania 30, the guy's a draw. In 2014, he's still a draw, but you don't have to put him in a match. If he's the host again, or if he's a special guest referee, or something like that, <coughs> that's okay. But if the guy can't take a bump, then there's really no point in putting him in a match. But um, if they were to do a six-man tag, but like you said, the guy can't even drop a boot. You know what I mean? So there's no point. Maybe he can punch people when he goes like, you, you know what I mean? So I could see that, but 
Other than that, I really have no desire to see Hulk Hogan in any sort of physical capacity to come WrestleMania 31. But on that note, I do want to talk about this. A news report broke over the weekend. This has been a hot topic for months and weeks now in regards to Kurt Angle coming back to the WWE. Now, we're talking about all these stars coming back for WrestleMania. Kurt Angle, whose TNA contract just recently expired, is someone that a lot of people want to see come back for WrestleMania 31 next year. And right now, it's kind of looking on the iffy side in the sense that He's a guy, I mean, well, I mean, I, I won't give my opinion on it now, I'll just state the facts here. He's a guy that I think can have one more match. He's been wrestling, like, non-stop in TNA for the last, you know, couple of years now, so I think he is capable of having one more match, but apparently, I mean, this is not confirmed, but from what the dirt sheets and online websites of wrestling-related, you know, as far as that stuff kind of goes, Triple H doesn't want him back in WWE. Mr. McMahon is the one, Vince McMahon is the one that Kurt Angle has been negotiating with to bring him back into the company. Now, the most recent reports have indicated, and there's been a lot of contradicting reports in regards to Kurt Angle being offered a full-time schedule and him saying, I can't do a full-time schedule, which he can't, and I want a part-time schedule, and Triple H saying, I don't want him either way, and Vince saying, well, we can't do that, all this other kind of stuff. So I have no idea at this point in time what, what's truthful, what's not. Um, but either way, though, do you think a Kurt Angle return to WWE at this point in time or come WrestleMania or whatever is plausible? I think it's plausible. I think you'd be as There's a Kurt a Angle fan. Yeah. I'd love to see him come back. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys. Like, obviously not as big as The Rock, but he's kind of like a tier top of Jericho. That like he was at top when he left WWE. Always had pretty good matches, and like he's one of those guys that you kind of wish like jumped back from TNA through the last couple of years when that just never happened. But like, I feel like how can they just say he has to go full time with guys like RVD, Jericho, Batista. Brock Lesnar, The Rock, all these older guys that come back, they don't wrestle full schedules. So why would they make Kurt Angle, who's older than Jericho, RVD, and stuff like that? I don't. I think that's just like rumors, stuff like that, and I don't get like why Triple H. I guess the way I'd see Triple H not wanting to come back because he's more of the youth movement. He wants more of the youth to come up. But when it comes down to the end of the day, Vince is to say in anything. So yeah. If Vince McMahon wants Triple H to come, uh, Brock, uh, not Brock Lesnar, freaking Kurt Angle to come <laughs> yeah, back. Kurt Angle, yeah. If he wants Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, Team 3D, any person he wants, they can come back, and he'll make them work. I know Triple H is trying to like maneuver into the future, but right now the future really hasn't shown much promise because they keep getting hurt. Everyone. Yep. Like think of it. Daniel Bryan got hurt. Roman Reigns got hurt. Then everyone else, they kind of just already screwed over. Like Bad Bray News Wyatt. Barrett, too, yeah. Yeah, Bad News Barrett. Bray Wyatt's non-existent. Like, Cesaro's done, like, at the board tier. Like, they, now they kind of, like, need those stars. They kind of, like, need a Kurt Angle to, like, wrestle Cesaro at WrestleMania. Just get him back up to, like, that tier. Like, no one's going to take Cesaro seriously all of a sudden just because they make him win a couple matches. Like, I think they need, like, a guy like Kurt Angle. He could have, like, a good match with, like, Cena or something. And... I don't know. I think Kurt Angle is one of the better wrestlers they've had in WWE, and I feel like he deserves his Hall of Fame inducting soon, and why not have a match and then get inducted in the Hall of Fame? It really all comes down to, much like with Hulk Hogan, whether they can pass the physical. Hulk Hogan can't pass the physical. Kurt Angle could pass the physical. Kurt Angle can pass the physical. It's not like he hasn't wrestled a match in 10 years. I mean, I know he's doing something non-wrestling right now in TNA, but the guy can still have a good match. He's not going to be wrestling every single week, but like I said before, it's, a, it's like a part-time schedule, like you said before. If a guy like Batista, who is Triple H's best friend, can come back, I don't see why Kurt Angle can't. And like you said, I think a, there's more money in a Kurt Angle return. And I'm a big Jericho and RVD fan, but there's more money in an Angle return than there is an RVD 
and Chris Jericho at this point in time because he hasn't been seen in WWE even longer than they have before they left and whatever else. So I think Kurt Angle coming back to WWE would be a smart move on WWE's behalf. Whether they do it or not is really beyond me. I mean, I think a Royal Rumble return would be great or something along those lines. I mean, even a Rusev match writes itself, you know what I mean? From a storyline standpoint, No, because then, like, do you let Rusev... Like, if Rusev went over on Kurt Angle, that would be the biggest slap that Kurt Angle's... And then have Kurt Angle be the one to beat Rusev? You mean that's kind of like a lose-lose situation there? Is that what you're implying? More that you can't let Rusev get over on freaking Angle, because then it just looks so bad for Angle. That's like saying, like, Triple H gives up to Rusev. Yeah, yeah. Won't happen. Well, here's the thing with Rusev. We'll talk about this real quickly, too, in that it was rumored over the last week or so that a Rusev-John Cena feud, which has been rumored a number of times over the last couple of months, is that a Rusev-John Cena feud is currently slated for WrestleMania next year. And it's looking like it's going to be the same Bray Wyatt-Cena feud, almost exactly the same, in that John Cena goes for the championship at Royal Rumble, Rusev costs him the title match, and that builds to a WrestleMania match, where John Cena gives him his first loss. And where is Bray Wyatt now? I think Bray Wyatt's, I mean, we've talked about this time and time again here on the show, that his current position, that him not even being on TV, the down spiral that he experienced, is all, I mean, I'm not crediting John Cena himself. I mean, it's not all his fault. But the whole whole storyline. Yeah. The storyline was so high and went so, it was like the top feud, and then it went down to like. After WrestleMania. Once Cena beat him, it was just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never recovered after Exactly, because everyone was just like, why couldn't you just... Like, no one's going to remember Bray Wyatt beating John Cena at Extreme Rules. Like, at the WrestleMania that all these guys won and became stars, like, you just couldn't let Bray Wyatt win then? Like, you exactly. could win payback and Extreme Rules. Like, I don't care. Like, they had they had to have Bray Wyatt go over at WrestleMania, and they didn't. Yeah. That kind of, like, hindered the last few months of his career. And now he's, like, not even on TV. He still has vignettes that are really nice, but... Yeah, where is I think I, think I want to see him on TV, not... Not on TV, so... Yeah. Um, I guess do John Cena and Rusev, but I just think that's another match like I could... Like, Bray Wyatt and Cena was, like, interesting. I don't think I'd be really interested in a Rusev and a Cena match. So with Rusev and Cena, though, I just don't see... I, I see Cena coming to the aid of the USA and all that kind of stuff. I see where the storyline kind of kicks in there and where it makes sense, but there's so many other potential opponents for John Cena. I mean, I know a lot of people say there's not many... But, I mean, plenty of them. There's Seth Rollins, there's Roman Reigns, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. We'll get to in a minute in regards to Daniel you Bryan. You Daniel Bryan versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping for initially, but we'll have to wait and see in that regard. But there's a lot of people that John Cena could face at WrestleMania. I even think, I mean, maybe not at this point. I think at this point it's not as, it wouldn't be as, it wouldn't be as good now as it would have been a year or two ago. But a John Cena versus Undertaker match is a match that I want to see for the longest time. But without the streak on the line, it really makes no sense. And if Undertaker's last match in WWE will be in WrestleMania 31, if he isn't already retired already, it's going to be against Sting. Easily. He I don't better think pass that physical. Yeah, if he can pass the physical, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see in, in that regard. Because how the hell did he pass it last year? The guy was a zombie in the ring. Yeah, that was their biggest concern going into, and going into Brock Lesnar and Undertaker. They're all, he was going to get were, killed. Yeah, and he, he did. did. He got concussed like two minutes into the matchup. So <laughs> made absolutely no sense. Not a good match. Easily one of the worst WrestleMania matches in history, in my opinion. Followed up by one of the biggest monumental moments in the yep, event's exactly. history. So it's crazy. But that being said, though, I do want to kind of transition into this a little bit. Being the Brock Lesnar fan that you are, I mean, with the report coming out that Brock Lesnar might not be on WWE TV until the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think that's a little long for him to be away and on a hiatus a couple more months. In the state the WWE is now, I feel like they can't really afford him to be gone for that long. Um, they make so much money, I don't know how they couldn't give him more money. I don't know. I feel like, on one show. if anything, they should have just, in his contract, They obviously they knew he was going to become champion eventually. They should have probably just put a little extra money in the contract, a couple more pay-per-view appearances, something like that. How can you have a champion not on TV for four months? I just don't get... I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan, but I just don't get... Like, I guess in his situation, you see that as I'm getting paid, so I could give two shits less. But for the prod, it's just like... You have good feuds, but there's no meaning to them. If anything, make an interim champion or something. Like, something... Someone has to... They have to have a... Like, Survivor Series is one of their top big four pay-per-views. And they're not gonna... If they don't have a title match, then it's just kinda... It's kinda dumb and useless, like... They, like I said, they might have to do, like, a tournament for, like, an interim championship, like what they did when CM Punk left. But, like, they'll literally just, like, really have a champion. Like, the CM Punk thing was, like, a week or two. This will be, like, a couple of months if that report is true that he's not coming back to the Royal Rumble. But I feel like it kind of, like, if he's gone that long and doesn't have a match, kind of kills his, like, momentum as champion because he's never defending it. It's kind of like Dean Ambrose as the United States champion. He's a champion, but he never defends it. So why exactly. is it, like, kind of hurts his... His like reign a little bit more, and then if he holds the WrestleMania, then people will just be like, he had the championship for six or seven months, but he only wrestled two or three matches. So I don't know. I feel like they should get him on. He should he should be inked on every pay per view. And I'm fine with him. Like when he's not champion, when he wasn't champion, I was fine with him. You know, after even 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 after he broke the streak, I was fine with him not showing up for a couple more months because he wasn't champion. But he's the title holder. I mean. I don't expect him to do every pay-per-view. It would be good. He doesn't even have to show up on Raw. Just work the pay-per-view, beat the opponent, and don't show up on Raw after that. Maybe do the go-home show or the night afterwards. But aside from that, we don't need him on Raw. Like, with Night of Champions, the build with Cena was good. Because all he had to do was show up the night after SummerSlam and the Raw before Night of Champions. That was it, and it worked. And we already talked about before how the main events of Night of Champions made no sense because they kind of teased the Hell in a Cell match between Cena and Lesnar which would make more sense than Cena versus Orton for the millionth time inside the cell in a couple more weeks, but that's the way the WWE wants to do it. But if you're not going to have him show up for Hell in the Cell, at least, the very least you could do, like you said, is have him show up for Survivor Series. I know they haven't cared about that show in forever, but if there's one pay-per-view that he should show up at, defend that title, it's Survivor Series. So there's got to be more to it than them not paying him what he wants to show up at least once before the end of the year. Like Royal Rumble, like you said, is in three and a half months. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I feel it's their fault, if anything. It is their fault. It's if not Brock Lesnar. If, 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 if he said, you know what, I'm not showing up till X amount of days, then they, sh- they can just be like, all right, then don't show up. Then they can go on their own separate ways and do some other stuff. He could still have the title belt at home, but they could just go another direction. I feel like they're just like, they're all worried about money, which I don't know why. They're million billionaires. I don't know why they're worried about money. And it just, that doesn't make zero sense, like... Like, Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins is nice, but, like, what are you going to do for Survivor Series? Like, you just you just can't keep snowballing these feuds longer and longer just because there's no champion there. Like, I don't want to see freaking Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose snowball all the way to TLC and end it there. Like, it should be ended at Hell in a Cell. But knowing them, they'll go to Survivor Series. It'll be Team Ambrose and fucking Team Rollins and Team Cena and Team Randy Orton. They'll do that, and then... At TLC, they'll have a TLC match with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins for the Money in the Bank contract. Like, no one at the point. SummerSlam was where it should have ended. It didn't. Went to Night of Champions. Didn't end there. Went to Hell in a Cell. 
Should be the end, hopefully. But then they'll just... It's just like another storyline that they've done for the last couple of years. They do this a lot in the last couple of years. They just keep, like, extending feuds way long. Like, the Bray Wyatt-John Cena feud was way too long. Especially since it sucked. I mean, exactly. it's just Ambrose Rollins is good, but the whole involvement of John Cena kind of bothers me. And the whole involvement of Randy Orton, like, they're kind of, like, teasing Randy Orton going babyface a little bit. Like, he's kind of like, him and Seth Rollins ain't looking at each other, like, like kind of mad at each other. Yeah. Like, but it just, like... I mean, it's like, not only the it's, fact they drag out feuds, it's the fact that it's the same people. Exactly. It's, it there's well. no meaning for it either. Like, John Cena and Bray Wyatt was a nice feud, but there wasn't, they weren't fighting over anything. Just a f- good feud that they ruined because he didn't win at WrestleMania. But, like, how much more can you really do with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose? Like, yeah, The Raw main event has been the same exact It's going to be the same next week. Exactly. They already rumored yeah. it. It's already Handicap official. Street fight. Handicap <laughs> Street Fight with Dean Ambrose, John Cena versus Kane. Randy Orton and Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins the same. I don't get why match. Kane's in it either. Yeah, Kane's in every match for some reason. <laughs> he beat uh, Adam. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, he yeah, beat, he beat Adam, Adam Rose. Rose the first yeah. time Adam Rose lost, that was a Kane on SmackDown. Yeah, like, SmackDown stupid. 15. Yeah, that was funny. I don't know. It just, they just make no sense. And it's like, I guess since there's no depth really right now, they can kind of like get away with all like the same feuds. But I feel like they do this every year, like CM Punk and Ryback. Way too long. John Cena versus Ryback went way too long. Like these feuds that like kind of like die after the first match. Yeah, they just, they just drag it on. Drag they just on. beat a dead horse. Exactly. But that's the thing too. I mean, the fact that we got a Mark Henry Rusev segment in the main event of Raw on a go home show. Why don't they put Dolph Ziggler in the main event for one night? You know what I mean? It just, uh, it just that's just not like. It, I feel like. I know it feels out of place, but we got like Henry and Rusev at least do. At least switch it up every once in a while so we don't end Raw with the same people every week. Because they're the only storyline going in WWE right now. There's nothing else. I mean, I know the we Bell have... Twins. The Bell Twins. The Bell Oh, yeah. I mean, they've really toned down now, probably for the better. But, I mean, aside from that, we really have nothing else. Like, Miz and Sheamus, maybe. Ziggler and Cesaro, Miz maybe. Miz and Sheamus is stupid. Everything else is really no reason to care about. It's only the main event guys, and that's why I think they should kind of test the waters. They have nothing to lose. They're getting their asses kicked in the ratings anyway by football. So they really have nothing to lose. So I don't know why they just don't do that matchup during the... Oh, sorry. During the halftime show or something, during the halftime for that football game for that night... And then in the main event, put in Dolph Ziggler in an IC title match, or put in, I don't even know, put in the Shame Shamus or Miz or something. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I get like they're gonna like I feel like they since they know they're gonna get their ass kicked by football, they just don't care anymore. Yeah, it's pretty. They just keep like these stupid segments that no one cares about. Like, is it really necessary to have more than one Divas match on Raw? No. Especially when they only last a minute or two. Exactly. It's just a a waste of my time. It's a three-hour show. You can't give five minutes. They have so many backstage interviews that make no difference. They have freaking Rusev. It was a Rusev and Big Show last night, which was stupid. And they disqualification was Mark Henry. Then Big Show was like fine with it. He was like, "Oh, I guess I got DQ." Like, <laughs> yeah, just stupid. Like, I don't care. Like, Rusev is like just. I'm just sick of Rusev too. They just keep putting against these all these shitty veteran guys that no one cares about in the first place. How like? Oh my god, I'm freaking out right now. So we'll transition from that into the Daniel Bryan talk. Because we've been Ugh. talking about, we've been waiting to talk about this the this entire time. So a report came out last night saying that Daniel Bryan might be out for the next six to twelve months because it's highly rumored that he might be need require he he might require another surgery, another Tommy surgery, and that's not even adding on. That's not even like including the time that he's already missed in the last six months. So he might be out for the next 6 to 12 months. And I've heard a lot of contradicting reports and that he might be out until next year, like around this time. He'll miss the Royal Rumble, but he'll still make WrestleMania. Like, I'm not exactly sure what the deal is, but if he's going to be out for 6 months, 
he's not going to come back right in time for WrestleMania. Like, if anything, they can have him return the night after WrestleMania. That's best-case scenario right now if he needs another surgery. So what are your thoughts on Daniel Bryan's needing of another surgery, and how do you think it's going to affect WWE's product, the roster depth, in the next 6 to 12 months? Uh, I just don't get, like... He's had two surgeries already. I so, think this is going to be the second surgery. No, because I know he had like another minor one. Nothing like too major. So now he had the first one, and then he had another one, I'm pretty sure. Because on Money in the Bank, he said he had another one. Oh, he was going to have another one. He was going to have another one, but it was minor. Yeah, it happened that summer, I think. I can't remember exactly. But the thing is, like, he was there. I was reading today, they were saying, like, he got the second one just to make sure that his, like, arm snake would come back, which didn't happen. Mm hmm. But then, if it didn't happen, then why would you wait till now to get the surgery if you know you're going to be out for so long? Um, I just feel like, uh, I just don't get, like, if he has to get it, I guess you just go with it. But it's just another good star that's hurt right now. And it's a, we don't need him out for another year or two. Because then just, like, they're going to keep trying to force feed us the future. And guys that aren't ready yet will come to the, like main stage and kind of like fall on their face or get pushed way too fast kind of be like a Jack Swagger thing like they'll pull up Adrian Neville who win like the Aiden Carnival Championship and it'll be main event Raw the next week like it shouldn't happen but they'll like try to find ways to get like younger stars up to the mix like the way that they debuted the Shield was the best way to get, eventually get them to the main event they were a good group they wrestled main event-ish and then eventually when they split up they all can be main eventers now like, there's no one the best book uh, tree war superstars. The best book future, re like in the last five years, are the best booked young stars coming up. Yeah. Like Sheamus was very badly booked. Del Rio. Del Rio was really badly booked. Jack Swagger. Kofi Kingston. Kofi Jack Kingston. Swagger. Um, the list goes on. Sin Cara. Like everybody. I couldn't think. I couldn't. Uh, everyone in the sh everyone in the Nexus. Ryback. Everyone in the Nexus. Ryback. Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga. The only one that made it out of there was David, uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. Like the new Nexus, like Bray Wyatt was at a point that he was doing good, but he's done pretty much where he is now. He's kind of low again. Justin Gabriel, Curtis Axel, like all these young guys that were supposed to be all this promising and stuff. Oh, even all the divas, like Caitlyn's gone. AJ's the top diva, so I can't like knock them on them. But like, she's the only one. That she's the really only one. Else. Maxine's gone. Naomi's on superstars every week. Cameron sucks. Um, Karma's an awesome a couple years. Karma, ago. yeah. That, that was short lived, but still. Like Paige is good, I guess, but that's just because she's. That's Paige. all they have, though. That's all they, they the have. The only right good now. stars they've came up with last year are Paige, AJ, and the Shield. That they've actually booked correctly, and they are stars right now. Everyone else has kind of got, like, a decent push and stuff, and then they kind of, like, faltered. Yeah, Wyatt Family was up there, but not at the moment. I'm trying to think Adam Rose bombed, Bo Dallas bombed, Big E bombed. Yeah, Bo Dallas isn't even on TV anymore. Like how yeah, well, like, what happened to him? I don't know. It's really odd how they book young superstars. I don't know what their thought process is. You don't bring someone up if you don't have anything for them. Or if you can bring them up and give them something to do, don't stop at cold turkey. You know what I mean? Like, the whole Bo Dallas undefeated streak. At least go with it. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, like, they... The thing is, like, if you think guys, like, back in a couple of years, like, guys like Randy Orton and John Cena, Batista, like, they started in, like, a deep, like, started, Batista and Orton were more, like, they're kind of, like, the shield feud, they're in, they're in evolution, like, they had their own faction, then they eventually branched off against the faction, started wrestling against Triple H, stuff like that, then they started winning, they had minor titles, then they went to major titles, like, they had to have, like, that little, like, step, like, Bray Wyatt, how could you take him seriously if tomorrow they have a tournament, he wins... 
the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, what's his credentials? Oh, he's won the WWE Heavyweight Champion. Like, he has nothing, no, like, no middle or, like, you can't, like, grade him because he has no floor. He hasn't done anything. He's yeah. main evented or had great matches, but he has no accomplishments to date. Oh, he's in the new Nexus and he's the Wyatt family. But, like, he has no titles. He hasn't won any titles so far. Nope. It was just like Sheamus. Like, he went from nobody and won, like, the ECW Championship. Then all of a sudden he was WWE Championship. Like, there's no Intercontinental. In- he wins those now when he was already made to, like... They peak him too with, early. Same with Jack Swagger. He went from he- ECW to World Heavyweight. Like, they have to have, yeah. like... You have to build them correctly. Like, John Cena was, like, the young kid. Came in U.S. Champion for a while. He was U.S. Champion for... He won a couple times. Tag Team Champion, I'm pretty sure. Then he got into the main event. But, like, they had, like, those of the same, like, Batista. He was a tag team champion with Flair. Orton was an intercontinental champion for a while. Then they obviously moved up the ladder. But, like, guys like them who have, like, been successful, you can see, like, how they've very well booked them. And guys nowadays that just go from not a champion at all, barely known, to main eventing pay-per-views and winning championships. That's why I feel like the end of, like, 2008 to, like, pretty much 2011 kind of, like, was a kind of a dead period because it kind of kept over-pushing guys and they had no credentials or relevance or didn't deserve the titles they had and just kind of, like, brought the product down even more than it already was. Exactly. I mean, they, they've definitely... I don't know what their thought process is because they think we need a new star right now so they just push him in a main event, give him a world title, but then you got to think long-term here. Exactly. And, they ch- and like, they change guys that shouldn't be changed. Why is Cody Rhodes still Stardust? If you thought of... Oh, think of this. Cody Rhodes was good by himself. Cody Rhodes is great by himself. He was over by himself. He was over by himself. Then they put Golas with them. I'm fine with that because they had a good title run, whatever. When he go, they should have. Now that they have no baby faces, Cody Rhodes could have been a <laughs> fine baby face. He could have wrestled against Randy Orton. He could they be. have they have his history. He could be wrestling against Randy Orton at uh, Hell in a Cell. John Cena can wrestle against someone else. Why would they see Randy Orton and uh, John Cena again? I feel like Cody Rhodes is one of those guys that's got the short end of the stick for too long. He's had the t- he's has the talent. He has the overness. They just keep putting him in dumb gimmicks and like the bag over the head one was the stupidest thing ever. The Stardust one, I guess he's the champion, but he's better over as Cody Rhodes and Stardust because Goldust is to the point that no one cares anymore. The tag team division right now sucks. I have no idea what happened to the tag team division. And the mid card nowadays is just uh, Sheamus and Damian Mizdow and. The Miz and who's the other? I don't even know who's the other champion. Who's in the car now? Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler and uh, Cesaro. Cesaro. That's, that's the entire that's, mid card right, right there. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't like the same matches every exactly. single week. Exactly. Like, like oh, like uh, Miz. It's uh, Sheamus and the Miz for the fourth week in a row. Like <laughs> it, and it ends the same every week. It does. Damian missed out. Distracts him to get a win. Like it's just so stupid. Like. He's another guy that I think, much like Cody, he takes all these bad gimmicks. Like when he was making, like we remember, like he does all these like impersonations every week. He now makes the better of what they are. Exactly. Like, like Cody, Cody Rhodes, Rhodes, even though his gimmick was so stupid, <laughs> the Stardust one and the one that he, he had, makes like, a good. mask, yeah. he makes them good because he's a good. He's he likes believable. Him, he's, yeah. a good, he's a good worker. He's a good. Sport, but if yeah. I was him, they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna be Stardust now." I'd be like, "You gotta be kidding me!" <laughs> like yeah. he's over enough that he could be a top, top he guy. He could be. Damian Miz, though. Yeah, Damian I don't Zinn, see Sandow being that high, but he's like good mid card. I can see Cody Rhodes being the champion. No, 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 yeah, but Damian Sin, I'm not saying he could have been the world champion when he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase almost exactly a year ago. That's when they screwed up, too. They should have Cody Rhodes won it. 
Oh, the briefcase? They did. They should have. And I thought he could have won it this year. I'm thinking, okay, they have him split from gold dust, or they feud over the briefcase, but that obviously never surfaced. Now so. Stardust. Yeah, we all know what happened and there. And then we but. just have them and the Usos now. That's pretty much teams. it. Los Matadores. So next weekend, oh, Raw? I'm going to take a guess. It'll be Stardust and Cesaro again against Usos and Sheamus. Like, they have the same match every week, or they yeah. have, like... Jey Uso versus Goldust with Stardust and... No one cares about the singles Exactly, matches. I don't care about single matches because they just trade them off every yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And the Usos are no different in singles. I exactly. Mean, the, there's no identity there, exactly. you know what I mean? It's so just I don't care. stupid booking. It's just... They have so much talent, they just don't know what to do with them, so they keep giving us the same matches every week. And then they go, oh, at Hell in a Cell, it's going to be the Usos versus uh, she, uh, the Dust Brothers. Like, we've seen the same match so many times. Those are the matches that they're just on the TV, and I'm watching, like, Sunday Night Football. Like, oh, they're on? Oh, who won? Like, because I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, last, like, last night, like, some of the matches, I just, like, toned out of because I just don't care enough. Like, Ziggler versus Miz or whoever, Cesaro for the 10th time. Like, it, you don't have, like, even though you change, like, the outcome of the match, it's just same stuff every week, and we're going to get the same stuff in the weeks coming up, then no one cares. Yeah, they have no stars at the moment. Like, so I've seen AJ and Page a million thing. times now. I don't care to see them again. Yeah. They've ruined that feud, too. Exactly. Like, get fresh. Like, where's Emma? Like, Emma, Emma got screwed, too. But. Emma got screwed really, really she bad. She got buried. After that firing a couple months she ago. She got stole from Walmart. Yeah, yeah, the iPad case. That was <sighs> great. This company is just, just... They have so much money. and if they, They're paying these people so much money, and they just don't know what they're doing. Like, just be original. Have fresh content. Like, you wonder why you're getting your ass kicked by football. because you have the same old shit every week. Yeah, exactly. they got to start switching it up, and hopefully they will come WrestleMania time. Well, they all... They have they to. They do that because there's nothing else to... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they just kick ass when it's WrestleMania season. And they they're not they know, like, that it's time to turn it yeah, up. Yeah, it's go time, yeah. And they have all, like, the, the old, like, veterans, part-timers come back, too. So they make yeah. more money matches, too. Yep. That's their money season. But like you were saying, I think it was last week... Like, WWE Network subscriptions are coming up. Yep. And they just the I same think it's old Halloween, yeah. Do you know so that I'm... they added ads now? I wanted to talk about that real quick. What are your thoughts on that? I heard about that a couple days ago. It's all about the money it's right It's all there. about the money. They, it's like, I think it was like a 15-second ad. Obviously, it's just a money maker, but like, why do they need more money? I get the, I get they have these budget cuts, but why do you need budget cuts? We all knew so it was coming, so I'm not money. surprised, but... The only thing I can see them really, depl- like... Really falling down right now is the their merch sales. I feel like there's, say, there's who's no who's the top seller right now. That's why Cena, but like the only way they could be like profiting off that right now because all breast cancer awareness. Everyone has their new shirt with the pink stuff on it. Besides yeah. that, like like there's nothing. I, I read a report about a year ago, or a year ago, about a week ago, saying that John Cena obviously is always going to be number one. But whoever was in number two, I think it whether it be Dean Ambrose or maybe it was so, Randy Orton, maybe it was I don't know who it was actually, but. Whoever was number two was so far and away the number two. It was like TNA and WWE. Like, TNA is the second biggest company. WWE's here. That's what it was with John Cena and everyone else. Like, there's Cena and then everyone without else. Dana, uh, not Dana Rose. Without Daniel Bryan, their merch sales probably went down so much. Yeah, because Dan, Daniel Bryan sold a lot of merch. After Bryan and Punk went away, the merch sales, like, pretty much died. I hate the new Dean Ambrose shirt, too. Like, Dean Unstoppable or Crazy. I like that shirt better than the other one. What, what would it say on it? Unstable or something? It just said Unstable. So this but, is an improvement. But, but. like... You shouldn't have to, like, promote that on the shirt that he's unstable. Like, you should just know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, stupid. Like, if it John Super Cena. Yeah. It's not his nickname. No, no, I'm saying if it was his nickname. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
Dean the unstable Ambrose, but it's not. Like, if they put Lieutenant Fringe there or whatever it was, his nickname, like, that'd make a little more sense, you know? It's just stupid WWE shit. Yeah. Typical advertising. I mean, like I said before, I, I figured it was coming sooner rather than later, but... I mean, I, I'm just hoping that I'll pump up the price at any point within the near future. But do you expect the subscription count to be a lot lower, considering the fact that people that subscribed over WrestleMania weekend for WrestleMania 30, that's coming up. Or actually, it already expired. So with that being said, and that wasn't the case back in August. So that said, do you think the subscription count in August or in October, the night before Halloween, will be a lot lower than it was before? Especially since they have added nothing. Aside from the Monday Night War show, like the SmackDown thing, I was glad they actually took the time to add some new content for that and whatever else. But aside from that, they're really not making um, an extra effort to make that network feel exclusive. Like, I'm going to continue to subscribe oh, anyway. Yeah. I love it's the obviously worth it for the pay-per-views, but, like, but for someone that's not as big, obviously we're big wrestling fans, yeah, so it's for different for us. Not, exactly. But if someone that's just, like, they watch Raw and they used to watch some of the pay-per-views, like the good ones, like... What, even if like I wasn't, even if they didn't have the network, why would I pay sixty dollars to watch Hell in a Cell? Like, what is so big about Hell in a Cell? I've already seen Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and John Cena and Randy Orton plenty of times. Hell in a Cell has been watered down since the whole PGR, so it's not going to be that big of a deal, probably. Nope. We've already seen the Bella Twins fight. We're probably going to see Cesaro and Dale Ziggler again. We're going to see the Miz and Sheamus again. Already confirmed, yeah. Yep. Usos and. The Dust Brothers. We've already seen these matches so many times that even if with the Hell in a Cell stipulations, it doesn't, it doesn't make me worth. It doesn't it's not worth the money. Like that's why. Did, like they should like maybe make it more fresh. Like WrestleMania, they never really have like the same matches every year. Like they have fresh matches for WrestleMania, like Elimination Chamber. Like they try to find fresh matches for that time of the season. Then why don't you just try to do that all year round? Obviously, the talent's not there where it should be right now. A lot of injuries. A lot of not like I feel like sometimes the youth doesn't really like get as over as the obviously the company hopes they do. So that's all obviously another reason why some stars kind of get start declining a little bit. But like they can't really like a guy like Sheamus was WWE champion a couple of years ago. And now he's barely on TV and no one could care if he is on TV. Yeah, they couldn't care less. I if feel he's like on TV he was one of those guys that really f- flatlined in the last couple of years. His whole fella and Irish thing really, really bit the dust in the last couple of years. They gotta turn him heel immediately. Not now, even. I don't think anyone even, even cared if he was again. heel. I feel like he just a guy he was better working as a heel too. He's done everything there is to do though. He won both world titles. He's won the mid card titles. He's a won money times. Uh, he didn't win money in the bag. No, but I mean he, I mean that too, but I mean he hasn't done that. But I mean aside from that he really has done it all. He's main evented, he's done the mid card, he's done it like he's feuded with everybody. He feuded with that was the biggest problem with Bray Wyatt. People feud with John Cena their first night in, and where Sheamus. do you go from here? Yeah, she, that's what I'm saying. Sheamus, Bray Wyatt, all these people feud with John Wade Cena Barrett. right off the bat. Wade, Wade Barrett. Barrett. So where do they go from here? They just go down. You know you what I mean? Cena's the highest guy. You can't really go higher than exactly. him. That's exactly the problem. That's why if Bray Wyatt feuded with Dolph Ziggler or Sheamus right now, it's going to feel like a demotion because there's no one else that comes close. Like Jericho was something new and fresh, so I was fine with it. But right now, he's already feuded with Daniel Bryan, John Cena, and Jericho, three of the biggest stars in the history of this company. Wait, I don't, something they used to do a lot, which they don't do anymore, they need to keep, like, they didn't make their, like, the IC champion as high or higher than, like, the heavier championships. I remember they used to always have, like, Jeff Hardy versus, like, like, Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker, like you're talking about, like, Jeff Hardy was, like, pretty much mid-card IC title guy, but he used to fight, like, Triple H and all them. Like, 
couple people like one of the people was like Kane was the IC champion fight Triple H was the champion. Unification champion. match, yep. Yeah. They have to like make it so like the IC champion, even though they are mid card, they can contend with the big guys. Yeah. Like I feel like they kinda have like high, mid card, and low card. Well, there's like, no better time like, to do that right like, now. Why not have like a John Cena ver- or like Dolph Ziggler versus like I don't know. I'm not Randy Orton. We already saw that. Actually, we saw that last night. But the thing is, is that they have no WWE champion. Is the issue? Yeah, like, well, they can well, have like a Raw, like Ziggler versus like Lesnar or something. Well, and, they're like, not gonna put Lesnar on Raw, but I know what you mean. Though. But like have like even if Lesnar wins, like have him contend. But they can't really do that because they already squashed Cena. So if he squashed Cena, he can't. He has to squash Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And it kind of sucks, like you just said. They don't have both titles, which was a, I think that now that I look at it, that was a terrible idea. What? The, the combine the championships. Oh, the world championships? Yes. Exactly. That's exactly it. Think... Hey, Lesnar could be WWE champion not be on TV. Who cares? Then yeah, you have the world heavyweight championship. Right there. But that now that he's both championships, yeah, exactly. So without a world champion on TV, in theory, and someone asked me this the other day, do you think it would elevate the prestige or meaning of the world of the mid-card titles? In theory, it does. But WWE has done nothing to make those titles mean anything in recent years to the point where we don't see Dolph Ziggler. Like, in, in, in essence, on paper, for someone that doesn't watch the product, you see Dolph Ziggler is the only top champion right now, aside from Shams, but no one cares about that belt. Dolph Ziggler is the top guy right now because he, he's the only one with a, a, a title of any meaning whatsoever. But he's he's been buried, so not buried, but you know what I mean. His he's been booking so- is very... Up low, Bad. like high low, like what's the deal here? I mean, I I know you always can't be main event, but you can't go from beating John him, Cena exactly. Make in the main event of pay per view and then losing to Damian Sandow like a, the pre show of a pay per view. Like you can't, like there's no, you're not going to see Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan in the main event of pay per view and then losing to someone in the opening match. Like that never happened. They had some consistency. You exactly. Know I mean? The make the thing about Ziggler is kind of like he was so he had his high points and then got down to his low relevance. Now he's a champion. I guess like. The thing is also like the mid card feuds, like how are they feuds and storylines? They aren't storylines. They're the same guys fighting every exactly. week. Exactly. Like, what does Cesaro and Ziggler have? Like, oh, you're the champion. Like, they have it's no creative. No exactly. They have no creative at all for like these feuds. At least with Ambrose and Rollins, he has a legitimate reason to be. You know, there's a rivalry there. That is the definition of a there's rivalry. There's a reason though. to be a rivalry. Like these, like back, like I feel like they, like they should just look in the back of the day. Like people had feuds for reasons. Like, I don't know, like, they never have, like, anyone, like, attack anyone anymore or stuff yeah. like that. Just, like, go out there, win, loss. It's just, they have, they lack creativity, and I just. Yeah. I don't see how they don't see it either. That's WWE in 2014 in a nutshell for the most part. And, like, last year, like, they're, like, going into WrestleMania, like, they only had, like, one, like, legit feud. Like, they only have, like, like, throughout the years it's not WrestleMania, they have, like, only, like, one, like, legit feud. Like, the legit feud that we have now is, like, uh... And Rollins. Yeah, that's like it. Cena and Orin, like, woo! That's not even a feud. They're just throwing that in there like, oh, we need to get these guys in the like paper. Page and, that. Page and AJ really never feud, okay? Page debuted to beat AJ. AJ came back and beat Page. Well, not even that, too, because they were friends, enemies, friends again, lesbians. Now they're looking for other best friends. Like, it's so fucking inconsistent. You know what <laughs> I mean? The Bella Twins do have one, too, I guess. But that's just, like... At Besides, least it's better now. At least they're not at, taking up too much TV time. The thing time. is, at least they have a feud. They have a reason to fight. Yeah. There's no need for, like... Uh, I'm just getting mad. No, I absolutely Like, there's no it. reason for, like, like the Usos and Stardust and Why Golden. should I care? I mean, they're, they're trying to sell it on the fact that, okay, Ziggler and Cesaro aren't mad at each other, but there's going to be a title on the line, but those titles don't mean anything. What, then what does the match do? Like, I don't care about the match. Like... Dolph Ziggler, that IC title has changed hands, what, how many times? Four or five times in the last two, three months alone? Like, what would, like if Dolph Ziggler wins, all right, wins again. If Cesaro Sto- wins, I will not care. 
Zara wins, like, okay, he finally won a title. That, But, I mean, he's been so underutilized in the last six months that it really doesn't mean anything, you know? Like, I feel like it also kind of sucks for uh, Ziggler and the fact that, like, he's kind of in the spot where he belongs right now because, like, there's no really big baby, uh, heels for him to feud with. I think if a guy like Cesaro was uh, Intercontinental Champion and he feuded, like, like you have, like, on Raw, like, Cesaro versus Cena and him get over on Cena... Like that make the IC title more relevant because it makes Cesaro look stronger. Yeah, they and they it Dolph Ziggler's lost so much through the last couple of years. It's just kind of like he's kind of like that purgatory of WWE right now. He's like he can win and people kind of give a shit, and if he yeah. loses, it's kind of like ooh. Because he's organically over, so he's always going to be over. But he's over, but like, he just like since there's one champion, he'll never get to that next top tier. I can't see him being main event. I mean, we talked about this before in the week on the show like two or three weeks ago, but. It's gotten to the point where you can't take him seriously as a main event guy anymore because he's been so inconsistently booked that people are gonna be like, okay, he's gonna be deposed next month. You know what I mean? So we can't take him seriously just, as a threat. They just like I don't know. He had a good run too as champion. He's so over. He's a good wrestler too. Just the his name sucks too. Speaking of shitty names, well, it's gotten to the point where you just can't change it. Exactly. He's so over at the point you can't change it. But the whole Dolph Ziggler. Persona in the beginning was just a stupid idea, but like you just gotta look at it from a non-fan's eyes and be like, "Oh, who's your favorite wrestler? Dolph Ziggler, Adolf Hitler, Adolf, Hitler's your favorite exactly, wrestler." Exactly, like, I mean? you like, don't know, but like Ziggler. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he was one of those guys that was like he he like built his way up too, and then like he did it himself. They just yeah. dropped him like a brick. Yeah, he's over as hell. It's the sad part. Yeah, that's exactly it. He sells merch pretty good, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got a cool, nice shirt out that just came out a couple weeks ago. But, like I said, people don't get too, like, I, like, like Ziggler, so it's not like I'm, like, boo when he comes out. Like, it's just, like, it's Dolph Ziggler. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I've seen him at his high points. I liked him at his high points. And then WWE just took him, like they do with most guys that are over, which I don't get why. They, if they're not, like, a big name that they just start dropping him like a brick. It's kind of like the Wade Bear team. He was so high, they just went so low. And that was the same with Ziggler, Swagger. But it's kind of like a guy that Bray Wyatt's kind of in right now. Yeah. With one world title, I just can't see him getting back to that same status that he was at a couple years ago. I mean, he was perfect at the World Heavyweight Championship, but with only one WWE World Heavyweight title. And it means nothing when he's never... It doesn't mean anything when they're not... Yeah, it, it pretty much all goes full circle to what we were talking about before. But to close out here, one last question for you. It was announced last night, right after Raw... That Raw ring announcer, WWE ring announcer, Justin Roberts, was released from the WWE. As of right now, not a lot of um, detail, not a lot of confirmed reports and what's actually the deal. There were some reports. I mean, WWE said in the news release that he was, you know, he was let go from the company due to the fact they couldn't come to an agreement on signing a new contract. But it was also rumored today, I mean, you got to take it for what it's worth. Dirt sheet. The dirt sheets, exactly. you got to take it with a grain of salt. And that I guess he had some heat with Michael Cole, and that he flipped him off during the show, and maybe that had something to do with it. I really have no idea. I think he's going to be on Jericho's podcast on Friday, but I think that was from a couple months ago, so he's not going to say anything about his release then because it was pre-taped. I think he's just doing it now like, oh shit, now it doesn't mean anything, so I might as well air it now or whatever. But either way, though, um, there's no confirmation of what actually happened. I do want to get your thoughts what was the first thing that came through your mind when you heard the news? What are your thoughts on Justin Roberts as an announcer, and who do you think will take his place on Raw as the new f- voice of WWE, essentially? Uh, I saw it this morning. I was like, Jesus, like Justin Roberts got fired? Like, that's weird. Like, why yeah, would he get fired? That's kind of like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's been on Raw so much. Like, he was kind of like 
the new like Howard Finkel. He's always been on since like Tony Chimmel's been around. But he's been around for like a decade. Justin Roberts has been on Raw for a while, so I was like, oh, that's weird. Lillian Garcia had her time, but I don't know. Who's on SmackDown? Lillian's on SmackDown, and then main event is Eden, Cody's wife. So I think Tony Chimmel's just sending it out right now. So they might have him do they might SmackDown. Have Lillian Garcia go back to Raw. See, probably yeah. Maybe JoJo. JoJo, yeah, she's been doing. NXT. I don't know. I feel like Lillian Garcia would be a thing, but like, I feel like no one really like. It's not like everyone's like, oh, Justin Roberts. Like, it's not like that. it's not that big a deal. Just like it's just so random. Like maybe he, maybe he, since they have these big budget cuts, like they've been saying, like maybe they were giving him less money than he thought he should have deserved. But uh, I feel like the commentary team sucks, anyways. They were botching everything last night. Cole Lawler, JBL. I don't. I hate the new Tom Phillips guy too. He sucks. You don't like too. Tom Phillips. I feel like all the announced crews suck. The, the NXT crew is not that good. Alex Riley is the only one I like out of that one. <laughs> I love like, Alex Riley. Lord, uh, Jason Alberts, he sucks. Renee Young's not bad. If anything, they should put Renee Young in the ring. Re- Why does she be the new announcer? Maybe. They have Michael Cole in every single show. He announces Raw, Main Event, SmackDown. I don't know why they have him do every single show. But, yeah, like Justin Roberts being released was like JBL being released or something. Because he's the part of the show every single week. But just like something that you just don't really realize. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like they released Mark Eaton, who was a ring bell keeper for WWE yeah. for about 30 years. So the fact they released him, I mean, like you said, it might have to do something with budget cuts or maybe something happened behind the scenes. I have no idea why they wouldn't renew his contract. He was very well liked. He was a huge wrestling fan at heart, which is why it's sad to see him go. But um, hopefully we can get some more details on in the near future. Uh, that being said, though, uh, we'll close out WrestleRant Ra- Radio this week with that. Any more thoughts on anything going on in the wrestling world? I just had to get a lot of rants out. TNA bound for glory this past Sunday. We'll <laughs> talk about that for two seconds. You, did you watch the show? No, now? I did not. I just can't fathom how you do not take your biggest show of the year, your version of WrestleMania, seriously at all. Like, I was fine with them going over to Japan. Like, that's a ballsy move. I commend them for doing that. But if you're not going to take it seriously, and you're not going to hype up your show at all, and you don't care about your own show, then why should we, the viewers, care about it? Why should any TV network that they're trying to get signed by care about them? Because they're like, you don't give a shit about your biggest show of the year, then why should we give a shit about you? Why should we sign you exactly. to our TV deal? Like, you got to think about it's that. It's like kind of WWE stuff. having WrestleMania without Cena, Lesnar. Or a world title match, for God's sakes. Yeah, but they do that all the time, though. What? What are you talking about? They have no title matches. WWE? Yeah. No, I'm talking about their biggest show of the year, Yeah, it's, like, it's exactly. The guy wrestled me if, like, Lesnar wasn't there, he's the champion. So if he wasn't there, like, Cena... Like, they left, like, their better guys not on the card. Bobby Lashley, Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy, Gail Kim, the like Wolves, had, everybody. They had EC3, but... EC3, yeah, that was pretty much it, though. But they had that... The, the, the laughable thing about it was the fact they had one of their best, if not their greatest match of the year, last week on Impact, I don't know if you saw it or not, the Full Metal Mayhem match between the Hardys, the Wolves, and Team 3D. That was amazing. I thought it was an excellent matchup. Then it takes place five or four days before the biggest show of the year, and it's not even on the card. You know what I mean? Like, it's really good. is like... They had feud like all the feuds pretty much had no. There was no meaning. Feud. It was, it was like, a one night. fought like Tommy Dreamer and Abyss. Like the only no match need. that had that had storyline support. Storm and uh, that was, was the main, main event. event. Yeah, but still like James Storm and Sonata main event. It was a mid card feud at best. At best, and it's main event in their pay per view. Yeah, it just it just seems like they're just kind of giving up at this point. They're just they just in the towel, really need to like throw in the towel. I feel like. 
then why waste more money if you can't make it? Like, they're, like, the crowds aren't big at all. They're less, there was less than the impact zone, which is only, like, a thousand fans. Yeah. Well, it was in Japan, so I'm not big as concerned about that, because, like, Wrestle 1 did most of the promotion. It was a Wrestle 1 show. That was not a TNA show. That was a Wrestle 1 show. Yeah, but why would you do that? If you're trying to get a new deal, that's like saying if, like, the NFL is trying to get a new deal, but they had a fucking all-star game with, like... The Canadian Football League. And, like, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Exactly. It's, like, it's just so stupid. It just, whoever's running the company, just, they, it's been going snowballing into, like, dying for a while. And I feel like eventually all these guys that they signed that thought they were just going to turn around, like, Bischoff, Hogan, Kurt Angle, all those guys. It was the death of that company. After that happened, they tried to do, like, the WWE move and try to, like, jump the Monday. That failed miserably. They try to get all these, instead of getting, like, good old WWE guys, they get all these shit bums, like Mike Knox and, like, Mr. Kennedy never was that big of a name. They kind of, they kind of like, valued, like, these lower-end WWE guys, like Hogan, Macho Man, Kevin Nash, got all, like, the WCW, but they got guys that weren't that over, so it didn't matter. Like, MVP, like, he wasn't that good in WWE as it was, so why does it matter? The only guy that they, re- like, Christian, I guess Christian was... He's Christian and Angle, I think, were the Christian two Christian Angle and Jeff Hardy were yeah. the best three people they Agreed. got. Agreed. But, like, it's just like Jeff Hardy was in TNA because he got, he got released from WWE. It was his own fault anyways because all his drug problems he had. So it's not like they, he jumped ship because he could. It's because he didn't have a contract. Then he went back to WWE, was big there. Then he kind of went back to TNA, which is kind of like an underthought. And then he was Willow and shit. It just, it, now that they have, like, now they're just kind of like, in like like I said that like that purgatory wrestling they're kind of just like like they have no shows taped anymore so they're just gonna show tape showings now from like mid November to the rest of the year yeah and why they don't would have any a, network pick that up like exactly what I mean? like exactly no one's gonna pick them up either I would be shocked if anyone did why would you put money into a company that has is not trying at all and they're not ma- probably making that much money their viewings their viewers have never been that high but they're probably record lows at this point and just like. After Jeff Jarrett left, I feel like the company kind of just kicked in the bucket. Even though he when was the a, founder of your company leaves, that's a bad sign. He yeah, but he's just a he's just a failure as it is. Anyways, he was never that good. He was always overrated. But um, it's just what it is. I feel like TNA's has maybe a couple more months and they'll be out of business. And then it's kind of I feel like those other guys maybe maybe WWE looks at some of the guys like a Bobby Roode or something like that. Maybe like the bigger guys. I don't see any like, like Sonata, no chance. No, James no. Storm never. Garner would never. Like I couldn't see any of those. I feel like Bobby Roode, Eric Young. I don't see either. It'd probably be like a Bobby Roode, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle. The only like, guys are gonna pick like they up don't want Bobby, Bobby Lashley again. No, they flopped. They're all scrubs, dude. They don't want like, any of the divas either. None of their knockouts besides Gail Kim can probably can really wrestle. But she either. doesn't want to go back there. She mm. left already. The, she went back she was to the money job, last time. If she was out of a job, she'd go back. Yeah, yeah, if she had no other choice. But the thing is, that would be another... thing is, the WWE is such a strong, like, developmental diva system, it wouldn't make sense to get, like... Get they, they're not going to... They wouldn't pick up anyone like, from WWE. Bobby Roode's already as old as it is, and James Storm would flourish, but, again, he's as old as it is. They already have the performance that they're going to rather build up a football player that has no wrestling experience yeah. whatsoever... What? Who? No, I'm just saying, like, in theory here. Pretty much Roman Reigns, that's what he Ro- Exactly. They're going to build up a Roman Reigns from the ground young. up. Young. That has, yeah, young, no wrestling experience. They'd rather start from scratch than take some guy that was in a TNA mentality for 10, 15 years, like a guy like Bobby Roode or James Storm. It sucks. And they didn't take Austin Aries the first time a couple years ago either, so why would they take him now? 
He got turned down for tough enough in 2011. I love Austin Aries, but he's not going to make it. Austin Aries, though? Austin Aries, yeah. But the thing is, like, also, it's like their schedules are way different, too. Oh, yeah. TNA's part-time and barely wrestled that much, and WWE's full-time. Yeah. Like, that was in the Jeff Hardy thing today. He was saying, like, how, like, it was nice going back to TNA because the schedule was, like, part-time and stuff like that. But, like, he went out there, instead of wrestling in front of 15,000 people, it was 1,000. It just didn't seem right. Like... And like I said, they're more looking to the future right now. If they're bringing anyone back, it's going to be big names. They're going to draw money. Hardy I don't think, Angle, I don't think Bobby Roode's going to bring that much money to the t- WWE. No, not he at this could, point anyway. He could be a decent heel because we have no heels right now. But like you said, it's just like it would look kind of bad for WWE to take a TNA guy and try to make him a WWE guy. Like even though T- uh, Jeff Hardy and Angle are on TNA, they're WWE guys. They're from WWE. It's to the point where I don't think if they didn't sign AJ Styles, they're not going to sign anyone else. In the yeah, game. exactly. Like if they didn't sign Samoa Joe, so AJ Styles, no, yeah, no. any of them in their Joe. prime, too late for Joe. Like those guys in their prime could have went to WWE, but if they didn't sign them, then why would they sign Bobby yeah. Roode or James Storm or any of them now? It wouldn't make sense. Jeff Hardy and Angle, like you said before, the only two. I would love stars. to see Jeff Hardy come back. He'll come back for like a like a part time schedule too. Same thing with Angle. I think at some point, like we we already talked about this before, but I think he will be back at some point. Hall of Fame. Or not, you know what I mean? I think see a Team back. 3D come back, maybe? I could see that happening. I think together. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we talked about it with you. Bubba Ray. Bubba, someone, what the hell? I don't know. I don't know if I talked about this with you. But someone suggested that we see Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, against Brock Lesnar for the world title in the main event of a WWE pay-per-view. No. I like Bully Ray, but and as a, the last, think about this. The last time the WWE fans saw him in 2005... He was in a, he's always been a tag team guy. It yeah. wasn't until that he went to DNA, but no one knows about DNA, so no one cares about him as a singles guy. And at that point in his career, he's not going to make any money as Bully Ray. He's he can't make. He probably can't make. He probably can't wrestle on a Bully Ray anyways. He's so restricted. Exactly. Well, yeah. It's Bully. Well, I mean, even the gimmick itself, like all the swearing, he would call people bitch all the time. Like it's not going to fly <laughs> in WWE. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. It's not a WWE. Th- he's not going to go there. So as Team 3D, he's WWE Hall of Fame worthy as Team 3D. Oh, he's obviously going to make the Hall of Fame for Team. Oh, they're easily. The, they're yeah. like the best tag team ever. But. Yeah, but they should make one more comeback. I think they're going back to New Japan in the near future. I think they teased that against going against the Bullet Club or something. But yeah, aside from that, I can't see them making a comeback. Uh, you know, via a single star or something. No, no I don't see. Devon D- tried the single star and that never worked. And neither did Bob. I think Bubba did a little bit too. And never worked. No, yeah, no, back D- in 02, Yeah, when Devon was here, Batista, but that the, just yeah, the, rave the Reverend Devon never worked. Ra- but it's just what it is. Diva, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like TNA will hit the bucket soon. All those guys will have to go to probably Ring of Honor, it's Independence, and tread water from there. It's only a matter of time. Or go to Japan, because they have a couple of Japan wrestlers. Like Jimmy just said, the only two real places to make, make money, money nowadays are WWE and Japan. Why doesn't Ring of Honor make any money? They make money, but I mean, it's like a glorified indie organization now. I mean, you can make a living off that, but it's not going to be a lot. Like, how much How much does like, a guy that's independent get for like each show? I don't know, I can't tell you. You have no like, idea. Like a northeast, like a like say that I was going tomorrow and I was a northeast wrestler. How much I make for a match? Not much. Like, like every independent wrestler that you know probably has like another part time job. Yeah, but like how like, is like a, they, it's a side job. They don't do it full time. Obviously, because you can't. You can't. Like it's obviously it's just it's not like a big organization. But like they have to maybe like like here's fifty bucks to go work a fucking independent match. I don't think it's even worth it at that point. It might be a little For more. For how much you train, they train a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
don't know. I don't know. That's, That's a question you'll have to ask someone else, like Jimmy Preston, maybe. Or Like I said before, thanks again for him for coming exactly. on the show. Exactly. Seriously. Fun, long show tonight, folks. Dude, we ran over Very long show, but it's WrestleRant Radio. Exactly. It's WrestleRant Radio. Worth we can it. rant all we want. It's about the state of the company and hopefully where they are going to be going in the near future, and hopefully they can improve upon that as we quickly approach WrestleMania We're season. We're in Hell in a Cell, I'll make this announcement right now. Hell in a Cell is in two weeks from this past Sunday. All right. So we've got next week's show is Hell in a Cell Predictions. And next week's guest, we've got John coming on. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We've got Hell in a Cell Predictions with John, <laughs> RJ, and I. It's going to be the first time, or second time, actually. The night after WrestleMania was the first. That you and John will be on the same airwaves, the same show together at the same time. So it's going to be very interesting. We're talking Hell in a Cell, Raw. That'll be too interesting. Else. The state sucks right now. I have nothing yeah. good to argue right now. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. can't really argue for Lesnar's stake right now if he ain't coming back. I'll yeah. just throw on the towel for that one. It's going to be interesting, though. Like I said, WrestleRant Radio next week, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, right here on Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. But before I go on with any other plugs, RJ, the shout-outs. I don't know if I can do too many shout-outs. I'll just do, like, the normals. Uh, Molly, Cam, Jeff, they have a Cam, so got to shout them. Shannon, Sus, everyone else, at Raymond underscore Marceau on the Twitter, on YouTube, Ray Marceau, um, at Russell Ramp. Besides that, have a good night, and... Uh, Watch Monday Night Wars. It's really good. That's a great show. Definitely check that out on the WWE Network Cruiserweight episode tonight with a special guest appearance from Chris Benoit on tonight's episode, folks. He was, he check was. that out. Yeah, I think it's actually I think it's actually airing as we speak right now at ten o'clock. But it's always on on demand anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, that being said, as RJ just said, at Russell Rant on the Twitter, Facebook, Ram Jason Matthews for every archived episode, every episode of Russell Rant Radio from the last year up at nextairwrestling.weebly.com. And like I said before, I'll say it again, live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. We're live every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. So that being said, folks, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.